the right time for a new finance minister to deliver on that plan for the long and challenging road ahead. That's why I'll be stepping down as finance minister and as member of parliament for Toronto Centre. There you go. Bill Morneau out as finance minister announcing that uh, just moments ago, as you uh, heard his press conference. It's the right time for him to go, he said, and that's when my head went, what? Peter Van Loan, former MP for York Simcoe, former government house leader, conservative strategist with a whole lot of experience covering uh, politics. So we spoke this morning, Peter, uh, about um, talking about Bill Morneau. Weren't really sure what would happen at day's end. Are you surprised by the announcement? Well, I'm more surprised than you. You wanted to uh, do this at 8 o'clock because you thought something might happen just before 8. And you nailed that. Uh, Alex, I think I should be interviewing you and not the other way around. There you go. Well, there was something in it. I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be before the 6 o'clock news, um, you know, but they clearly met. They clearly had a discussion and fairly or unfairly, Morneau has been thrown under the bus. But but to suggest, as he did, that, you know, now is the perfect time. The right time to go is utterly almost laughable. Yeah, it's quite clear, I mean, if you've been around the block, that uh, he has been forced out. And when you're someone like Bill Morneau, what you have is your name and your reputation above all else. And you've got to protect that above all else. And it became apparent with this string of leaks from the Prime Minister's office officials anonymously, the Mark Carney hiring, which completely blindsided him. After that, they tried a feeble effort to... Uh, kind of defend themselves, uh, defend Morneau's work in the media. And uh, that was followed up by further undermining by, uh, you know, these anonymous uh, or nameless uh, uh, knocks on him for supposed policy differences. And uh, none of that really measures up. So you can read the writing on the wall. You can see that there, if you keep at this, it's only going to get worse and your reputation is going to be savaged by uh, your boss's people. And uh, if you let it go far enough, it will become nasty. Uh, what's different between this and previous kind of situations, you think of Paul Martin and uh, and Jean Chrétien, you think of John Turner, you think of Jean Chrétien and Pierre Trudeau, all of whom had their differences. I think actually the greatest analogy is perhaps Walter Gordon under uh, Pearson, who uh, when he uh, sort of went offside was sort of left out to hang to dry after a bit of a scandal. The difference here is uh, between the, certainly the more recent ones is Morneau never had aspirations to become prime minister, so this wasn't a question of clashing ambitions. This was a question of them having decided, I think, that uh, this wee scandal uh, was a problem. Uh, somebody had to go to pay the price for it, but they couldn't say that they were paying the price for it because the problem is Trudeau was just as guilty as Morneau, but you can't make Trudeau go. So uh, you had to create a new separate pretext for Morneau to go, and that's what they did here. Right. And he did say uh, he has applied to a job as Secretary General for the OECD, which uh, he says is supported by the uh, the Prime Minister, which is a very carefully way of saying, uh, we're going to help you make it look like you weren't uh, fired, but um, you have been fired, but we'll, we'll let you say it. But this is what we would call failing upwards. And there's no guarantee yeah. he'll get the job, but it is failing upward. And, and it's certainly a, a very, very... Uh small fig leaf that uh, has been handed to him. But it is, you know, got to give the Liberals credit. This is the kind of stuff they are very, very good at. And uh, finding a way to uh, use, uh, come up with some way of papering over the differences and make it look okay to the outside world and make it look like he's seeking it. I mean, a, a G7 finance minister is a part of a really exclusive club. Mm-hmm. You can't say mm-hmm. the Secretary General of the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development is, is comparable. It's a nice gig, but it's certainly not the same kind of influence. They don't sit down in that exclusive club planning the world economy. 
so if his real concern is public service and putting all the talents he has to work, he would have stayed as finance minister. Clearly, that was simply not an option, or he would have faced a very, very nasty and ugly end. Right. Um, and he's not just leaving finance, um, but he is leaving his seat. I, there was no way he was going to sit as a backbencher. And this is a minority government that... Um, so this is the third Liberal MP um, to... Uh, we, we had one, um, it was Mark Elliott a couple of weeks ago. And before that, uh, we've got one a Liberal MP in Kitchener who's up on, you know, charges. Uh, so they have lost three Liberal MPs in, in the last couple of months, still hold the power. But, you know, it, it's weakening. It is, but, you know, I, I still am one who thinks that they are in a very strong position as a minority. Uh, the NDP couldn't be hungry about an election right now. All they need is one of the other three parties on board. But it does bring about another issue, I think, of timing. They're kind of lining up for the election of a new Conservative leader in just a matter of days. And uh, they also want to put on it a new face. And I think that's why the timing was driven right now and why you found Bill Morneau forced to the edge right now so that they can to kind of put some new face, some new excitement, some new direction on to match whatever momentum the Conservatives might be getting out of this. And, uh, you know, it's kind of an ugly game. I kind of feel for uh, Bill Morneau. He certainly was author of some of his own misfortunes uh, in terms of sloppiness and carelessness around the ethics file. But... Uh, no uh, worse than the Prime Minister himself, but someone had to pay the price and the Prime Minister wasn't going to let it be him. It was going to be Morneau instead. Right. And he did look quite ashen uh, in that press conference. Uh, you know, it didn't uh, it, it didn't look like he was enjoying that moment. But, you know, you, you see Mark Carney uh, come into the picture very suddenly, something that Mr. Morneau apparently didn't know about, which is quite embarrassing, if not insulting to him. Um, so his name is being flashed about that he could become the finance minister. Of course, Christian Freeland's name gets mentioned because I guess she needs 20 more jobs. Um, <laughs> but they're going to try to take this party in a, in a different direction. And, and my concern is, you know, as many failings as Mr. Morneau had, uh, Mr. Carney's gone quite far left uh, into the eco world. And so, um, you know, they're clearly rebuilding this economy with whoever comes in as finance to make sure that they try to push through this very green agenda. Well, I think Mark Carney is actually quite an impressive character. I worked with him a lot when uh, I was in government, when I was trade minister in particular, and he was head of the Bank of Canada. And a very smooth, very articulate, very, very nice and likable guy. But he is very much also a Justin Trudeau kind of guy. This is about image. This is about presentation. And if he does become uh, the successor, if they do bring him in, I think your uh, uh, Justin Trudeau might find himself... Uh, kind of in the spot that uh, happened in other situations where his finance minister suddenly becomes the guy that's gunning for his job. So he might be getting himself a bit of a mess of trouble there if he goes in that direction. Uh, Christopher Freeland, a lot of, I have a lot of time, a lot of respect for her. I think she's been the most solid performer in the government in the last session and in the current session. And I think you see that uh, a lot of other observers and participants say the exact same thing. Uh, so that's an interesting choice. But as you said, how much of the government can she run? She's, I mean, the prime minister has almost ceded half the prime minister's job to her already. Stay with us here at Point. This is Global News Radio. I wish that in hindsight, uh, we had uh, done things differently around the, the WE charity. Uh, as I've said, uh, I think that it would have been more appropriate for me to recuse myself from that decision. Uh, but moving forward, I think that the most important thing is to think about where you can have the appropriate impact at the appropriate time. There you go. That is Bill Morneau. And uh, if you haven't heard yet, uh, you're probably the last one. But uh, he has officially resigned. Not 
not just as finance minister, but he has also resigned as Liberal MP. So he will not be uh, not only not running in the next election, but he will not be around anymore. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau issuing a statement in part saying, I want to thank Bill for everything he's done to improve the quality of life of Canadians, making our country a better and fairer place to live. I've counted on his leadership advice and close friendship over the years, and I look forward to that continuing well into the future. Bill, you've got my deepest gratitude, and I know you'll continue making great contributions to our country and for Canadians in the years to come. So what is next? Who is next? And why is it that every time Justin Trudeau does something wrong, why does everyone else pay the price? Let us ask Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel over at National Public Relations. And of course, you know these uh, issues from another side, the Liberal side. And um, and of course, you're you're in the Ottawa area. So, I mean, you're not surprised that he's gone today, correct? Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm actually back in Toronto and I, would, I had dinner in his riding, no less, tonight. But... Uh, mm. but uh, I, uh, I was in Ottawa on the weekend, and I did sort of pick up a vibe from the media and from sort of senior political advisors that this seemed to be coming to an end. I think there's a lifespan quite often between uh, prime ministers and finance ministers, and it struck me that maybe we were we were getting to that point in, in this case. And also, I, I do take Mr. Morneau at his word that he planned to only run two terms. It's maybe a little earlier than he had planned, but... Uh, at the same time with the pandemic and other things, uh, it gives the prime minister an opportunity to hit the reset button uh, and to do some different things economically than perhaps uh, Mr. Morneau wanted to do. So, um, you know, I think he wished him well. Um, I think, you know, it's uh, it's not the most ideal situation, but at the same time, it's not uh, not the end of the world either. Well, no, but it is troubling. I mean, we're in a pandemic. It's a crisis. You know, you need a steady hand at the, the at the wheel. And um, I think a lot of, you know, when he says, you know, now is the right time, we all know now is not the right time. We now know it is because of the we scandal and the fact that, um, you know, there was clearly a problem with the relationship between the two men. Not that the finance minister always has to get along with the prime minister, because oftentimes the uh, finance minister has to make unpopular decisions. But again, uh, it's not the greatest time to leave in crisis, because the big question is who fills those shoes? And we've already been told that Mark Carney is not going to be putting on a pair of new loafers. Yeah, and look, there's three or four, I think, quite uh, adequate candidates to be the next uh, finance minister. Uh, Christia Freeland's proven herself to be a pretty good adept operator. I think she could be. Uh, François-Philippe Champagne, the foreign minister, uh, has a a background in finance, uh, has worked abroad in finance, too, as well, uh, as an example. And there's a couple of other what I would call adults that you could put in the position. Uh, Marc uh, Marc, uh, Garneau comes to mind as an example of one uh, and there's uh, a, a economic a professor from uh, Quebec City who's the president of the Treasury Board right now a uh, uh, Clos who is not bad either so you know look there are some uh, decent candidates in there it is not the end of the world um, things will move on but it does give the Prime Minister an opportunity to hit the reset button and uh, and to say okay, where are we at? What do we want to do and where do we want to go and not be encumbered with uh, every statement that uh, that the previous uh, finance minister would have made? From a strategic point, could we see, uh, you know, a, a prorogation, um, you know, until, let's say, the end of the year? And uh... 
um, you know, they shut things down. That means all those nasty committees go away. You don't get any more of the drip drip. Uh, they come up with a, a new platform kind of to, um, to, to roll out, uh, you know, in the next, you know, throne speech or something like that in the new year. Could they do, could you see them doing something like that? I mean, I think you could do that. I think that's a bit heavy-handed, personally. Uh, I'm not sure that's that's something that we ought to do. Uh, you know, we you know we certainly were vocal and accused the, the Harper Conservatives of doing that and sort of uh, abrogating a democracy on a couple of occasions. To turn around and do that in a minority parliament, I think, is a bit of a stretch. So uh, I suspect that probably won't happen. Uh, but... Uh, 2020 is a wild year, so you never make <laughs> full predictions on these sort of things. Well, we don't, and, and and the committees are a problem because in a minority situation, you know, you can get a, a lot of um, damaging information out, and there's a number of investigations obviously going on into this, and in, you know, into this government. And with Bill Morneau gone, I mean, those documents that were dumped uh, just about a week ago, I mean, there's a lot of information in those that is going to come out. That still comes out, um, you know, as long as they're continuing on with those committees. So the problems don't go away for the prime minister. He's just kind of turned the page, uh, so to speak, f- for a little bit, like for a day or two, maybe. Well, you know what? Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of political observers who are gripped with the we uh, controversy. I think most Canadians aren't gripped with the we controversy. And I think uh, there's been a spat of polls in the last 24 to 48 hours that show the Liberals doing quite well. Thank you very much. Uh, I think most people realize it probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, and you probably shouldn't have done it. But it, but you can always count on the Conservatives to overplay their hand and force moderate, reasonable Canadians right back into the Liberal camp. And they are doing their the, the, their usual excellent work in that regard. So, uh, you know, if they want to keep up doing that, I, I, I'm more in favour of that than not. Well, you know, they've also got um, Yves-François Blanchant uh, that will push push the hand for them. So, I mean, as you well know, there's going to be a new Conservative leader this uh, at the end of this week. It looks right now, and never say never, but it looks like it's either going to be Peter McKay or uh, Aaron O'Toole. And, um, you know, there's going to be a reset button. You know, you, you get rid of Andrew Scheer and they start to build kind of a, a momentum. And, and you see where it's like, there is still every possible conceivable way that we could, in fact, go to the polls in the fall. I mean, anything at this point can happen because, as you say, it is 2020. I think it's highly, highly unlikely. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, most of the parties don't have any money. Uh, the Conservatives will just have a new leader who, you know, will be figuring out where, where the washroom is uh, uh, and, you know, trying to figure out what to do with his caucus and who goes where, etc. Um, the NDP have no money, no candidates, no profile. Um, it would be an act of suicide. And despite the bravado from the uh, Bloc Québécois, they're quite happy to sit in Parliament for the next four years. So, you know, I think we're more likely to be, be hit by lightning this fall than have an election. But as I said earlier, it's 2020, so you can never say it with 100% assurance. But I would be very, very surprised if there's any form of election this fall. Just before I let you go, Bob, I mean, we do need a financial update, and more so than just the snapshot we got. Um, We do need some kind of stability and and to know that there is a recovery plan in the works, and people are going to be looking for that. And I think they were expecting one from Mr. Morneau in the fall. What happens to that now? I mean, they cannot go... Uh, months and months without telling Canadians, you know, we do have a plan, here it is. So, you know, what's the reasonable expectation that we would get a clear picture of how we're going to get out of this thing? 
you know what, Alex? I agree with you, and I think Canadians deserve a clear update. How much money has been spent? You know, was there take-up on the various programs? You know, what's the real uh, number uh, on spending? You know, what's the real number on deficit? What's the plan for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months? I think it's kind of hard to plan outside of that band, given everything that's going on. I think that is a reasonable request, and I think that should be job one for the new finance minister, and it should be done in a timely fashion in the fall. Well, I wonder if that might be the minister of uh, middle class uh, that does that until they've got a new one in, but never know. I think I think she'll be there for 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> Very nice person, uh, Madame Fortier from uh, Vanier, but uh, I don't think she quite has the experience to be our finance minister yet. Give her some time. <laughs> there you go. A long time. All right. Bob, I appreciate you uh, sharing your time with me and your insight. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. That is Bob Richardson kind of giving us uh, his uh, perspective. Who knows where this is going to go, but no question, the fallout of this thing is going to be around with us now for a very long time as the speculation, the gossip, the innuendo, all sorts of stuff are happening. And of course, this is all, you know, predicated on, you know, are there any other scandals that are coming? Who knows what? But uh, nonetheless, it has led to a very exciting night here on a Monday.